Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic. This episode, as always, made me want to go to Japan. But now, you know, hopefully when I get there, there'll be less racism. I don't... Hmm. It could... My preliminary thoughts, Matt, very preliminary, uh-huh. could be worse. It definitely could be worse. It's not like the Brazil episode <laughs> or... Um, uh, the, the, the UK the, episode. We, I don't uh, think we get there until season 15, but I, I would rough. say the Safari episode. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, when we get there, we get there. Uh, we are joined today by a very special guest, a uh, friend of the show, Andrew Bloom of the AndrewBlog.net. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Robbie, and thank you guys for having me back, despite my war of words with Webster's Dictionary about whether or not it should include the word Christ-tunity. Is that Who's arguing against Christ-tunity? Somebody who does not recognize a Christ-tunity when they see one. True. Prescriptivist also. <laughs> Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpson Show for only $2 a month. Get access to all of our bonus content. We have a new person to thank, Matthew. Well, uh, I would like to welcome this person and uh, point out that I worship all of our subscribers in a little shrine I have in my recording studio. I was not privy to that fact. Uh, David Hamish Abbott-Smith. Thank you, David. David, you rock. And now a small part of you is at Matt's house. That's true. I, I print out everyone's name and whatever their little avatar is, and I tape them up in a little shrine in a closet. <laughs> oh, we're gonna, Not Matt, creepy Matt, at all. Matt, we need to talk a little bit after this episode's over, all right? We're going to have a little sit-down chat one-on-one. Fine. <laughs> about... Everyone always thinks I'm creepy. <laughs> they don't understand. Uh... On to this week's episode. It is 30 Minutes Over Tokyo, the last episode of Season 10. We got, we're third of the way through so far, Matt. Yay! <laughs> One, cranking it, through them. It's taken four years, and we've gotten a third of the way. So, eight more years to go. That's if they stop after Season 30. Let's, I, I pray to God that <laughs> I can't. They've got stories for years. I, they certainly do. Just not always good ones. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Originally aired May 16th, 1999. Episode AABF20, written by Donna Carey and Dan Greeny, directed by Jim Reardon. Received an eight rating in the uh, Nielsen ratings, approximately eight million viewers. I do not know where it finished in the rankings. Uh, no, can't find the data on it. And I'm not paying for Nielsen information. Heck no. It's expensive. I actually looked it up. It's expensive. Ah. I mean, they have to pay all those dollars to people to get their <laughs> journals. God, I'm not. It's a ripoff. Uh, the chalkboard gag. I'm so very tired. Amen. Join the club. <laughs> Accurate. <laughs> Dear God. It's appropriate for, for this point in the show. Ever It is evergreen, honestly, at this point. Uh, the couch gag. The couch turns into a shredder. The, the business uh, device that used to cut up paper and credit cards, not the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle villain. Yeah. Uh, the episode guest stars. Here we go. George Takei as Wink. Denise Kuma- Kumagai as Japanese mother. Karen Mariyama as Japanese stewardess. Getty Watanabe as Japanese father slash waiter. Mako as, or Mako, I don't know, it's just a single word, like Prince, as battling seizure robot. And Keon Young as sumo wrestler. Tell you about the depth of most of these characters and that none of them have names. 
except for Wink. Aww. They are just... Many of them very good actors, though. Yes! Just... Japanese father! Stewardess! Not really... That's a... I, I, I guess that's the thing when I say it could be worse, Matt, and they actually employed Japanese people in most of the most cases and actually did their work on the language. Like, when you hear Japanese spoken at any time in this episode, it is actually Japanese. It is not gibberish. Wait, you mean it's not like Simpsons Spanish, which is just run through Google Translate? From what uh, I read, it is not necessarily what, you know, it's not conversational Japanese. It's very formal. But it is proper. Like, it, it does, it wouldn't make sense to a Japanese speaker. They would understand right, which... it. They would just go, that sounds, that's weird. People don't talk like that. But it is still Japanese. Like, what are you, 60? Um, the episode starts uh, with Lisa getting a new edition of Wired, which Homer thinks is weird, which was weird, a real magazine? No, I think he's just mistaking it for mad or cracked or an equivalent of that era. Yeah, because he says, there's no magazine named Weird, is there? Right. Although, <laughs> I, I just Google searched Weird Magazine, and it said, including results for Wired Magazine. <laughs> Google knows. There is a Weird Magazine, though. Was there a Weird Magazine at the time? That's the important question. Or not is it a, another thing not, that the Simpsons willed into existence? Not at the time. It is an old pulp magazine in the 60s. But it did exist at the time. There was a magazine a pulp magazine called Weird that had, uh, the cover I'm looking at has a ghoul and a vampire and uh, some sort of Frankenstein's monster holding some lady ca captive. So there was a Weird. It is not Wired, though. Wired and Weird, not the same. Different things, altogether. So I guess this is a segue for us. This whole first act is just a series of segues uh, to get us to Japan. It is... It doesn't doesn't really necessarily mean anything in the greater context of this episode. Uh, so there's a Wired magazine. Homer thinks it's Weird magazine. It is not. Lisa informs the family that Springfield has gotten a cyber cafe. I I guess that's news in 1999. That's true because if you remember in 1999, not everyone had a computer at home and broadband, which is a glint in a college student's eye. So. You know, that was probably a big deal. Like, oh, we'll go somewhere where they have internet that's faster than 56K. Do the Simpsons have a computer at this point? Does Lisa have a computer at this point? I believe she has been typed in on a computer before, but, you know. Depends on the episode, basically. Yeah. Again, this is an episode where the Simpsons have a globe in their living room that we've never seen before <laughs> and will never see again. So they, they kind of have what's necessary for the gag. That's I, about it. I That's fair. They go to the cyber cafe. Um I don't, because they have to, basically. Lisa's very excited about it. They all do their own surfing. We see Willie looking at an up-kilt camera, but, and Willie is surprised to find that it's him, but what was he expecting? Women don't wear kilts. Well, maybe he was just like, oh, up-kilt. Maybe, maybe they just mean up-skirt, but Scottish skirts. But no, no, Willie, no. Not all porn on the internet is uh, of women. You know, there are people out there who like men. So we see the family kind of do all their own thing on their computers. And that somehow culminates in Snake stealing all their money with a diskette. My name is Mary. I'm 45, heavy, and willing to settle for less. Wow, this Mary's got the whole package. 
Wow, Dad, you're surfing like a pro. Oh, yeah. I'm betting on Hylai in the Cayman Islands. I invested in something called News Corp. Dad, that's Fox. Ah, undo, undo. Oh. Dad, do we have any money left? Well, let's check the old bank account. See? Even after all my cyber squandering, we've still got $1,200. All right, dorks. Whoa, this what? is a holdup. Oh, yes. Download to Papa. Yoink.audio backslash losers. Oh. We were robbed? You seem to know an awful lot about this for an innocent person. We were saving that money for our family vacation. Now we're going to have to start all over again. Mm. Oh, don't worry, sweetheart. I'll get us the money, even if I have to get a second job. Over can't really handle his first job, so I'm not sure what he's going to do. Well, I mean, we shortly see that his second job is as a burglar, which... You know, I can see Homer making that work. I mean, He's frankly more committed to it than he is to the nuclear power plant. I, I would say that you need more than commitment to be good at a job. And frankly, the conversation he has after this with Flanders, after he burgles his house, actually during the burglary of the Flanders house, this is not the first time that he's done this, apparently. Well, of course not. I mean, every time he has a bill to pay, he just shows up. I remember that thing that run when the, Homer can't be a complete monster for us to, like, follow him as a general protagonist of the show. Him just being a dude that just burgles his neighbors every time he needs money is not a Homer that I'm not interested in rooting for, I would say. Everything sounds bad if you think about it. And even worse if you say it out loud. Never say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. So... They are, they've lost all their money with the use of Snake's magic diskette. The three, uh, it, I think it's a three and a half floppy. Because that's how technology works. Yeah, you just pop it in and it steals out the, it steals the money out. That, that's all. Okay. So, it's hard. You can't, this episode, again, this is one of those episodes that's not concerned in any kind of reality. And anytime that, you try, it, not even close. <laughs> The, the floppy disk thing all, I'm willing to at least write off as the ignorance of 1999 and understanding how computers work. Like, we're, we were far I'm pretty from sure most everyone at that point, I'm pretty sure everyone at that point knew that you couldn't just download money onto a floppy disk. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure everyone had that basic level of literacy, unless they were over I, 60 at the time. I'm not convinced that people today believe you can't just download money on a floppy disk. Isn't that what Bitcoin is? Exactly. <laughs> So, Flanders and Homer have a little talk while Homer is stealing things from him. And Flanders reveals, oh, they don't, they're not rich. They just get stuff very cheap, uh, thanks to, is is this the, Matt, you've spelled out this man's name in our chat. Is this, in our notes, is this an actual person? Or, uh, I was just, no, I don't think so. I was just going by the uh, subtitles. <laughs> okay. So, Chuck Garabedian. Is I guess some money savings guru, and that's where Flanders get get their their tips for how to save money, how to get uh the most out of their dollar. They have tickets to his next seminar, and Homer steals those too. So they go to a Chuck Garabedian seminar, which is full of tips on how to uh make the most out of your dollar, and also some transphobia. 
Are you tired of missing out on the good things in life? Family vacations, jet packs, solid gold dancers. There's only three left in the world. Well, stick around, because I'm going to tell you the 12 saving secrets Wall Street won't tell you. Then I'll show you the three ways to get back to the highway, including one shortcut those Wall Street fat cats don't want you to know. Yeah! Oh, here we go with the fat cat bashing. Well, what do you expect? These yokels are pure Baltic Avenue. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm late for the short line railroad. Let's start with mega secret number one. You gotta squeeze every penny. You see this tux? I got it cheap because Roy Cohn died in it. Oh. That fancy yacht? A bargain, because it smells like cat pee. Oh. And those beautiful women? They used to be men. Oh. The point is, you gotta squeeze every penny. Come on, let me hear you. Squeeze, squeeze every, every penny. penny. Squeeze every penny. I'm squeezing. I'm squeezing it. Hey, I squeezed so hard it went into my hand. Oh, Homer, not again. <laughs> what? Okay. There's, I have. Let it out, Robbie. What is going, what is going on? I have, a, I think I have legitimate points of criticism about this episode, but I, the thing that, what, and as a, I don't know if you want to defend this at all, Andrew, because you are the person who has, has, has personally told me about your love of eye horror so i maybe this would be up your alley as well wait, wait okay okay hold on i don't want to be on record as a lover of eye horror all right i would not we... describe myself in such terms i don't know i don't know how else i would describe you after you tell me that you like the fact you like the scene with springs in people's eyeballs i don't know how else would you describe that it's it's Looney Tunes. I like uh, it. Doesn't necessarily fit the Simpsons, but I like the gag in a Looney Tunes sort of way. Okay, what is go? What how? What is with the body horror? What like this is? It seems like this is a Scully thing. This like there. I think there are a lot of point. Like I, there's legitimate arguments about. Hey, this show isn't necessarily that much different than Golden Years Simpsons. You know, it's small things here and there, as you say in your your review. But I do not remember such a, a repetition of this, like, absurd, weird, it, it's not, and like, the eye thing, that is just, like, weird, absurd cartoon violence, alright? I understand it even if I don't like it. But a man squeezing a penny so hard that it enters his bloodstream? That's like, that's like, uh, like, Junji Ito, like, weird, like, bot Cronenbergian body horror. Like, what is happening? It's not the first. Uh, what? It's not even the first. Mars says again. Like, what is? How does? How, I'm just supposed to take it on record that Homer squeezes coins into his bloodstream. What is happening? I mean, so I, I'll say I don't think it's that far of a leap from Homer uh, getting stuck in a tar pit and then having the kids get stuck to him and have Mark declare, "Oh, this is just like it happened at the candy. Uh, what is it? Cotton candy factory or something like that." Okay, I, Weird I would, stuff happens to The Simpsons. It does. I would say that it is physically possible for people to get stuck in a tar pit. Or cotton candy, for that matter. But you're saying it's not physically possible to squeeze a penny into your bloodstream? I would... Alright, Matt, I haven't done the research. <laughs> I haven't... I haven't studied the science. 
My well, thankfully, I don't think anyone has studied the science. I think we should uh, apply for an NIH grant uh, to go on this whole coin squeezing uh, issue. I mean, kids today they're just squeezing money into their veins. That's how a, they're getting high these days. The next, <laughs> I was going to say, I smell a wager for season eleven. No, no coins and bloodstreams. I don't want that on my conscience. Also, the transphobia—that's two episodes in a row. And yeah, that's not great. I don't. I I know that it's not like the older Simpsons is necessarily. Per- super like with the benefit of the added years and advances in social and social and cultural norms there is plenty of stuff in older episodes that certainly can, people you can find offensive i just don't remember it at this level and it, it is a thing that stands out it is a thing of we talk about oh the cruelty and the meanness and it's stuff like this like why is this like i don't homophobia was two years ago and i think i bring that up again and again and yet in two episodes in a row we get jokes at the expense of trans people for no real reason well because they needed someone to make fun of and back then <laughs> oh trans people yeah everyone thinks they're gross i just i don't know it's it it's just so it, and it happens quick and it's like 10 seconds and then it's over but it stands out you know it is a thing that i don't i didn't remember like i i think i mentioned this in the end of last week's episode where like i remember liking this episode and i think i still most i kind of like it i don't like it as much as i don't think i like it as much as i used to uh i don't remember that maybe it just i tried to forget it or i didn't notice it because i was not as uh i was ignorant or whatever right or i didn't like it passed me by because at the time I, when i first watched it or remembered it i didn't care because i wasn't aware of you know the, those problems but it's here it's there it's not it's not nice it's not good like matt saying uh the entire joke is that these people are gross there's no insight there's no nuance there's not anything that they're actually saying it's just a one-line easy gag meant to insult uh this other group and that's what's so what that's what's the big problem with it also also i could not deal with a boat that smelled like cat pee no cat pee is a strong scent that that might kill me in fact all the rest of that stuff totally okay with somebody but a boat that smells like cat pee man that 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 that, that smell doesn't come out very easily no that's a really strong really strong smell and i can't uh, no thank you no boat i'll take no boat versus the cat pee boat exactly you have to pay you pay me to take the cat pee boat and then I will figure something out to do with it. <laughs> I'll t- and then I'll use the money to try and launder it or whatever you. How do you detail it? Is do you get boats detailed? You do, you do, but they, it's very expensive. It's a, a large boat like that one, it, w- it would cost you several thousand dollars. Well, actually, a big group of cats technically owns the yacht, and Chuck Garabedian is their tenant. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Why not? Uh, so. Now that the family, now the Simpsons have a a knack on how to cut costs, and which that's the other really the if, like I remember most of the Japanese stuff. I remember the Tokyo stuff. I did not remember most of this first act, and it's really weird for like because the Simpsons have largely, and it's not like this has even been a recent thing. They have largely abandoned a, the working class family conceit uh long ago is like probably season four five when they largely 
had Homer stop going to work whenever it was convenient. Like, they just don't talk about it. But now they're getting back into saving money when, like, I just, you can, everyone distinctly remembers them, like, Marge staring at their, at her checkbook and at their budget and, like, figuring out what could and could not go. Like, that was a point, that was uh, several episodes of, like, hey, we need to save money, what can we afford? And now they're going back to it for one of, a ridiculous episode. And it's... I, I, it's the other thing that kind of feels gross to me in this episode, uh, because it feels like, like, poor people tourism or something. I mean, I, I don't think the gag is supposed to be on poor people. I think it's supposed to be on the ridiculousness of the ways that Chuck Garabedian and the similar self-help savings gurus of that era like, how stupid their tips were, how bad the things they wanted you to do were. It does bleed into some not great territory, but I don't think, I don't think that's supposed to be the joke, at the very least. It's a lot of, and I think some, yeah, some of the stuff in this episode is also the intervening years have made it wishy-washy on what even the joke was supposed to be, I think. That's true. <laughs> because... I don't, I don't, I don't remember anything like Chuck Garabedian. I'm, I'm, sh- I feel I'm, like there are lots of people like Chuck Garabedian. Like, we don't see him that much because we don't watch, you know, uh, television during the day or in the early mornings. But there are a lot of people out there, like motivational speakers who, who will teach you how to live frugally kind of thing. I was going to say, you don't remember uh, channels like this. Yeah, you don't remember Matthew Lesko from the uh, Adult oh, Swim days? God, yeah. Nope. Guy with the question mark suit. Oh, the question mark suit guy. Oh, yeah, I remember him. I didn't. He had a name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, this is these are the important things that take up residence in my brain. I was I was like, oh yeah, question mark suit guy. He sold that book that no one bought, right? We hope no one bought. I so I presume people he had infomercial money. I was presumed he had enough money to run infomercials. People probably bought the book. So they go to. The, so we we. We watch the family as they try and cut corners. They go to the 33 cent store. Uh, there's Homer eats expired canned plankton. I, I don't. And turns pink. He, he yeah, he gets yeah. red tide poisoning, which makes him the correct color of a person. Yeah. I, it's very strange. Um, but all of this, they, they kind of cut to the quick on this too, which this first act is so rushed. I, I guess I don't. It, for no real reason, like you don't need all this to go to Japan, but that's what the, the that's what they do anyway. So they save they're saving money for a regular vacation. They just don't have it unless they buy up the 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 leftover tickets on almost and almost like the on on airplanes with extra seats. And uh, the Simpsons have let's see they they are interested in a variety of places to go. Hawaii. Here we come. No, no, we're going to Paris. I can feel it. Come on, Transylvania. No, man, let's go home to Jamaica. I and I have been in Babylon too long. Attention. Flight 605 to Tokyo is ready for departure and has four available Mega Saver seats. Yeah! Oh, come on, Homer! Japan! No, no Japan, Jamaica. I want to pass the Duchy on the left-hand side. Never mind. Looks like the Flanders are going to get those seats anyway. Oh, so Flanders thinks he can steal our vacation, huh? Come on! 
watch the gong, jerk. Yep, watch the gong, jerk. There's there's a gong in the jetway as they're going through the thing to, and they're going. Oh, yep, not like racist, not at all. It's not. I wouldn't call it racist. I would call it not funny. But you know, Andrew. I, no, I I like that gag. I think it's it's a fun swerve of the like. You think it's just the show doing a musical sting, and instead it's something diegetic. I I approve of that gag. Damn you. I, how about how do you feel about Jamaican accent Homer, Andrew? That's less good. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel as well. Less good less is good. We'll less good it. is a good way to describe Jamaican accent Homer. Apparently, the people making the show absolutely love Jamaican accent Homer. Of course, they do. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's hilarious. <laughs> Him talking about. Ducci's good, good, funny, hilarious with a bad accent, really good. Um, also, yeah, they just they, <laughs> they uh, it doesn't matter. I don't know why I even bother with all the points of con- like the the ten things wrong about all this going on because it doesn't matter. It's just to get them to Japan. They just need to get the Simpsons to Japan, and this is what all this first act is doing. You know, I don't know why they couldn't like you make the point of comparison. In your review of Bart vs. Australia, Andrew. Yes. I think that's the best episode to use as a point of comparison for this one. To try to measure where it succeeds and where it fails. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Because I feel like it is a... It is a... It is as close as you'll get to the feeling of a season 10 episode in, you know, the golden years, I think. I think it, it has a lot of cartoony zany things going on the family goes to australia just for no real like because bart makes phone calls and you know it ends with a crazy action sequence and as omer act like a jerk a lot of the time and it has a lot of you know weird cultural things about that about australia it has mad max references and you know forks and spoons and knife knifey forky spoony game um but I don't, I, 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 and I, you also talk about how hard it is to define why, why I, I think Bart vs. Australia succeeds. I think it's a great episode. And I can't say the same for this. I can't say this episode succeeds, really. It tries, and it gets a good portion of the way there. It just, there are a few things that seem to stick it <laughs> a little I, short. I, I just don't know why. It's hard. It, I, I think that's the thing I like most about your review is that I it it's really hard to, to nail down. Like I I think I can point to a few things that are great here in this first act, like that kind of cruelness and the the kind the just say what you want about oh they go to Australia because Bart makes some long distance phone calls, but at least it's about the one thing. It is about the long distance phone calls and Bart being in trouble. What, like, th- this episode is about, they go to a cyber cafe, and then they lose their bank account, and then they go to a budget seminar thing, and then they go thrift store shopping, discount store shopping, and then they go to Japan. And it's just like, why can't you just go, to, why all these steps? I mean, it's not that different from Bart and Lisa arguing over the Coriolis effect, and then Bart makes a bunch of 
phone calls and then they get into it with the United States government. And then, yeah, they're in Australia, but it's mostly just skipping around doing Australian things. And then it's only in the last act where you really get the conflict and really have the back and forth between the Simpsons and the Australian government, which, hey, it's something every family goes through at some point, uh, having Absolutely. to extricate themselves from the country. Like, it's that's that's what's so hard about this episode for me is like, I think it's fine. Like 30 minutes over Tokyo. It's an episode that you're going to laugh at. There's good things in it. It's not great, but it's not bad. It just does so many of the same things that Bart versus Australia does. It just doesn't do them as well for strange, very nuanced, small reasons. It's not one obvious thing that you can point to and say, if they did it this way, this episode would be 10 times better. It's just kind of the accumulation of little flaws that amount to something in the same style as Bart versus Australia, but that never really achieves the same level of comedy or storytelling or anything. So quick question for you guys. So obviously we're talking about Bart versus Australia versus this episode. Do you feel that like the stereotypes of the Australians are more offensive or less offensive than the ones of the Japanese? I mean, I don't think the I, I think that Australia doesn't have stereotypes really. Like uh, I don't really think of any like all my stereotypes about Australia are from that episode. Dollar reduce. Like it has <laughs> nothing to do with like I don't I don't Circular. I don't think about Australia ever. I th- like I think about Australia in regards to professional wrestling because they have a burgeoning independent scene, but it has nothing to do. I like outside of that, I don't think about them aside from when people talk about dollar reduce or koalas. I don't like. I don't have like. I don't think like even Mad Max is kind of a stretch to me. I don't really even think of Mad Max in the context of Australia. I don't like. I think of Japan. I think largely Australia is easier. I think because it's just a blank slate for me. Japan, I have ideas of what Japan is, and I think they kind of do the easiest bits of them. It's not offensive. I think I don't. I don't really think this episode's that racist. Honestly, like there's a, some here and there, but they largely are. It's just like they just go for like, yeah, here's a talking toilet and you know weird Japanese commercials, you know. That's true. They they don't make fun of the people. They they kind of make fun of the culture a little bit of like the weird things. And it's really not making fun of uh, those things. It's how Homer reacts to them. Essentially, uh, you're watching the the Simpsons be jerks and laughing at that rather than hey, isn't this other country funny? So it's it's not as bad as it looks on the surface. I feel like I was gonna say I think there's some of that. There's some points where the shows. Uh, the episode is getting at the idea that, like, hey, isn't this stuff weird? It's different, you know? His clothes are different from my clothes. But I, I agree that the approach is pretty much the same in Bart versus Australia and in 30 Minutes uh, over Tokyo. That in both instances, the show pretty much reduces an entire country to the most common surface-level caricatured things in a way that Americans would recognize and probably laugh at. And I don't think there's a big difference in how it does it between the two episodes. The difference is there's something that feels a little more uneasy about doing it for Japan, 
you know, in the Far East that has kind of been othered by Western culture for a really long time versus doing it for another British colony that feels closer and more neighborly to the United States in that way. I, you know, I think it's it's there's a different stature that Australians and, you know, people from Asia have in the United States. And that makes it feel a little more uncomfortable when the show is riffing on these things about Japanese culture than it does riffing on Australian culture. Speaking of, we got a commercial. The Simpsons are going to Japan. (laughs) Indeed they are. And when we come back, uh, we find that even the plane ride is out of the ordinary uh, because we learn that uh, Homer apparently knows more about Japan than he's living on. Come on, Homer. Japan will be fun. You like Russia, Mom? That's not how I remember it. Besides, if we want to see Japanese people, we could have gone to the zoo. Homer! What? The guy who watches the elephant is Japanese. His name is Takashi. He's in my book club. There are so many items in that sentence that just do not seem right. I mean, why would they have somebody to watch the elephants? The elephants wash themselves. Come on. Everything else checks out, though. What do, what do they read in Homer's book club? I'm guessing pamphlets, Ross uh, Perot pamphlets sus- about using the elderly, what kind of nutrients they can provide. The the backs of peanut jars. $20 can buy lots of peanuts. It really can. Explain. Elephants so, uh, never, while ele- on the plane. Elephants, wait, I do have other... Elephants wash themselves? Really? I mean, a little bit. They, they spray themselves down with water, but then they put dust on themselves again because it helps them uh, from getting a sunburn. I completely trust all your elephant knowledge, man. I will cede to your... All I, your... I get it from one of the best sources ever. Uh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm well aware. I wasn't aware. Also, <laughs> the, the plane thing, I did not think the turn off your electronics went back as far as 1999. I just don't think there were that many electronics back then. I mean, maybe somebody had like a CD player or a Walkman or something, but I didn't think they cared about that either. I thought that, yeah, I was like you. I thought that came along with cell phones. Jim Belushi is also yeah, on this airplane. Yeah, because why yeah. not? Uh, yeah. Do you want it? Is that a real question? Is that uh, rhetorical? Mo- mostly rhetorical. Okay, because I could. So I, 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 I have reasons I, why not. <laughs> <laughs> I I will stick up for Jim Belushi, who is quite good in the most recent season of Twin Peaks. So good wow. on you, Jim. But back in the nineties, he was mostly remembered for terrible, terrible movies, which this is making fun of. Uh, I mean, he was on also the the terrific TV sitcom, according to Jim. Oh, that's it. Get out. Podcast over. No. Bad Robbie. Bad. Okay, moving along. Uh, so we've got the Jim Belushi is in every movie ever, even the one they're filming on board, which they stole from Homer, of course. Uh, but when they land, uh, they are led to their hotel, and Homer just starts walking through the doors because they are apparently all rice paper in whatever hotel they're staying at. And Homer doesn't have time to be opening and closing all kinds of doors. Because Homer's lazy and a jerk. Let's just stick with that. But at least he's doing it to inanimate objects this time, not to people. Uh, we think it's one of the worst jokes possible in the entire episode. <laughs> Let's speak for itself. Welcome. I am honored to accept your waste. <gasps> They're years ahead of us. Mom, Lace, check it out. Dad's on TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing at that, man? <laughs> Why? Why does that camera exist? <laughs> but, oh, no, God. I, I'm, I'm not 
there's no laughter. I have no... Maybe you find this, you gross men find this hilarious. I don't find poop cameras funny in any regard. <laughs> I just... It's not the fact that it's a poop camera. It's its the family's reaction, the delayed reaction. So you know there was some kind of delay in the video feed that was several seconds behind. It's surprisingly tasteful for a poop joke. Right? Like, you don't actually see it. All you get is the vague inkling that they saw something terrible. Which is you're, Homer, so they've probably already seen that before. They're, you're, you two are monsters. This is disgusting. I, I don't want this in my life. Well, I'm going to continue to laugh for the next time. I, 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 so I don't can... want no poop cameras. Say no to, I say no to eye violence, no, no to eye violence, <laughs> and no to poop cameras. I have, you know, I don't have a lot of rules in my life. Those are two of them. I. How do you have any fun, Robbie? I'm pretty sure there are more ways of having fun than poop cameras, but I could be wrong. Uh, I, I don't know what else is into. Sometimes you have to pay prices for making stands, you know, and maybe I'll have a little less joy in my life, but it's a price I'm willing to pay. Fair enough. Fair I, I think most of us would pay that amount. <laughs> so anyway, Lisa wants to explore uh, Japan after she gets out of her, you know, father trauma induced uh, coma. However, Bart wants to watch a Caesar commercial, which apparently was based on, I want to say it was a Pokemon episode uh, from the late 90s, where there was a lot of flashing lights. And uh, apparently if you were uh, sensitive or uh, you were epileptic, then it, it could trigger a seizure in you. And uh, they, they really go for the gusto because apparently the whole family is susceptible because as soon as they look at it, uh, they just fall over and start having seizures. So I guess everyone in the family, uh, possibly excluding Homer, is epileptic or at least seizure prone. We learned something new. Maybe I, it's genetic. I, I don't. It is. It was a Pokemon episode. Um, I don't. I. I can't. I'm embarrassed to admit. I remember it's called Electric Soldier Porygon. Wow! Thank you, Andrew. Without you here, we would have never known what episode to look up on YouTube to try and trigger our own seizures. Anyway, uh, the Simpsons try to figure out where to go to dinner. Uh, the toilet recommended America Town. Uh. Lisa really wants to do something Japanese, so of course she is overruled, and they go to America Town, uh, which, sure. <laughs> uh, so basically, they make it to America Town, and all the tables are uh, states, and uh, I'll let Homer take it from there. I can't believe they stuck us at Massachusetts. Yeah, you know, I once knew a man from Nantucket. And? Let's just say the stories about him are greatly exaggerated. Howdy, gangsters! I am average American jewel salaryman waiter. These prices suck. 10,000 yen for coleslaw? Don't you serve anything that's even remotely Japanese? Don't ask me. I don't know anything. I'm product of American education system. I also build poor quality cars and inferior style electronics. <laughs> oh, they got our number. Yes, because in 1999, there were still any electronics being made in the U.S. There aren't. So, uh, well, I would like to say there will be anything Japanese at America Town. You don't go to America Town for Japanese things. You go to America Town for American things. I was going to say, I actually, this is one of my favorite portions of this episode because it both has that kind of inherent commentary about people traveling halfway across the world to go eat hamburgers or what have you. 
but it also feels like the show kind of tacitly acknowledging that different cultures see each other through caricatured lenses and that this isn't what they're doing about Japan isn't unique, that there's the implication that every culture kind of does this. So it at least shows some self-awareness about the the shallowness of the spoof is the wrong word, but the references that the show is making. And I, I appreciate that self-awareness at least. I absolutely, I, 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 I want to think that this episode is smart enough. Like I'd love to think that this episode is smart enough and almost all the stuff that's happening, especially to Homer uh, in Japan in particular is a statement about Homer as a brute and as an American everyman. I I think it's just a bunch of gags that they Japanese gags they they threw together. I don't think there's any greater. I don't think there's anything greater than that, which is fine. No, but it's, it's not basically a, a fish out of water kind of story of like, hey, look at all this weird stuff and how the average American would see it essentially. So uh, yes, uh, America Town turns out to be a bust for them. Also, ten thousand yen for coleslaw is about a hundred dollars. So that still seems kind of expensive for coleslaw, you know, the garbage uh, condiment of barbecue. Okay, wait, wait, okay. Two things. One, was 10,000 yen $100 in 1999? Yeah, uh, the yen is pretty closely pegged to 100 yen for a dollar. Uh, it goes up and down to 110, down to like 80, but that's that's about where it is. So it would be around $100, but, you know, it could fluctuate anywhere between like 90 and 110. So, yeah. We're moving from coleslaw onto square melons, or rectangular, I suppose. Uh, Homer buys one for $150 and uh, proceeds to... Well, proceed, he takes it out of the box, and then proceeds to somehow go back to regular American watermelon style, and Homer drops it on the ground, uh, which I have seen the square watermelons. They they don't do that because that's that's not how physics works. <laughs> they can't just pop back into a shape like that. They're Matt, grown in special containers Matt, so that... Matt. Please, yes. The Simpsons is a show about reality and real people, and they would not portray a melon like that unless it was true. Well, apparently they're in some kind of crazy universe where physics is different from our universe, but sure, why not? They're all yellow anyway. Also, I wanted to point out that in the background of this scene, uh, when they're setting it up, there is a billboard for unclean father spray, which is just a spray can <laughs> on a drunk guy in the background. <laughs> I've never noticed until today. I haven't noticed it either. That's uh, the new the new product from Axe. <laughs> oh, God. I'm pretty sure that's what Axe has been since the beginning. Unclean father spray. And, and unclean teenager. Or use me instead of a shower spray for teenage boys. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, Lisa and Bart still want, or Lisa and Marge still want to do something Japanese. Uh, Bart and Homer uh, make a glib suggestion and then run away because that's the last thing that they want. Uh, so... We follow them, unfortunately, not Marge and Lisa, who probably want to do something interesting. Uh, well, they, they see a Woody Allen commercial, which I guess this, the whole point of this is to make fun of uh, American celebrities who make commercials in Japan. But, uh, yeah. I... Hey, look, isn't that Woody Allen? Hmm, looks like he's doing a commercial. Oh, <clears throat> hello. <clears throat> so many rice crackers claim to be low-cal, but only Fujikawa rice crackers make your interiors go bananas. What did I do to deserve this all right. That's right. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time, but uh, Woody Allen has done plenty of things to deserve a uh, fade into obscurity. I I will give the, this episode credit for that, in that is, there's been give and take about Woody Allen and his legacy and his continue, 
to work in Hollywood with very big movie stars and no one having a problem with them. But at least The Simpsons, they're pretty, I mean, I guess they could have been a little bit more vicious, but it is at least now, even in then, 1999, they're like, yeah, hey, what are you on? Not great. <laughs> exactly. Uh, that is the best The Simpsons can do on controversial figures for now. Anyway, uh, so Homer and Bart uh, go to a sumo wrestling match, which is a very Japanese thing to do. Uh, however, being Homer and Bart, they they turn it into some kind of craziness where Homer uh, gets a $50 pretzel and then proceeds to insult the sumo wrestler who is purifying the ring with salt. And then Homer and Bart somehow beat him at a sumo match, uh, unsanctioned, of course. I mean, and then Homer proceeds to throw the emperor of Japan into the crowd. It's a hardcore match. Bart hits him in the head with a chair. Yes, I think Bart confused uh, that kind of wrestling with sumo wrestling. He should have gone down the street where I'm sure there is a, a fantastic Japanese wrestling that Robbie will be ecstatic to tell us about. I'm not going to. We, we can't start. I'll, 19, I have a lot of information about 1999 Japanese pro wrestling in my mind, but we're not. Oh, my gosh. We can't talk about it. it that's, of course, that's a different of podcast. It's a different podcast. We cannot. I could talk for I could talk for hours. We're not going to do it. All right. Fair enough. Uh then uh, Marge and Lisa go to bail uh, Homer and Bart out of jail. Uh, Japanese jails, however, are much nicer. Uh, apparently, there are uh, serving women that Homer is having tea with and Bart is doing some painting. Uh, and uh, at this point, Lisa still wants to do actual Japanese stuff. I don't know what her and Marge were doing while Bart and Homer were getting into trouble, but apparently it wasn't Japanese stuff. Uh, Homer and Bart, of course, are tired because they've been in jail where they've been forced to do Japanese stuff, including uh being uh, the play about the 47 run and, and have been taught the secret to inner peace which they are no longer allowed to share with uh lisa and marge because of course now lisa and marge are gaijin uh which i, I believe is a slur but uh i could be wrong it, I, but they're using the episode so i as far as i know gaijin just means foreigner okay i, I, I wasn't they, sure if there was any negativity to, uh, i mean I'll, I'll, okay well i tried matt in I only know the term in regards to Japanese wrestling. In of that, course that non-Japanese wrestlers will wrestle in Japanese companies, and they are called gaijin, and it's usually just means they're foreigners. They are not Japanese. Uh, the subtitle when Bart and Elmer talk say "foreign devil," so I don't know what I don't know. I I don't know Japanese. I know gaijin, but gaijin it means foreigner as far as I'm aware, and does not have necessarily have any uh, pejorative attached to it. You know, it can, of course, because any word can if you say it the right, the wrong way, basically. Fair enough. That's all I'll say. Hey, I'm done. <laughs> all right, moving on. We're going to skip right over the rest of that, that fun, fun uh, topic. Anyway, uh, at this point, the Simpsons are down to their last million yen, which, again, is about $10,000. So that's more than they started with. Somehow they've made money while they were there. Uh, so in an attempt to placate Marge and Lisa, Homer crafts it into a swan uh, using origami. And then gives it to Lisa where it flies off into the the ether. It's blown away by the wind. Also, I like to point out that Homer called Lisa the best. So obviously, uh, Lisa is his favorite. She's certainly winning the race. <laughs> when it comes to a child you can be proud of, yeah. Oh, my God, these guys are mean. What's the... <laughs> I don't think they were sticking too close. It's season 10. It seeps in. I guess it's that uh, you're you're telling me. I don't think they're sticking, paying too much attention to how many yen things were, Matt. You keep calling attention. Right, like, you oh, keep calling so attention. You keep calling attention to the fact that uh, that 
the 10,000 yen coleslaw is $100 and the million yen is 10,000. I don't think they're, don't think they were paying attention to any of that. That's true. They're just like, oh, it'd be, it's so much more. I guess that, yeah, I would, that's, that's my guess. Yeah, so right now 100 Japanese yen is about 90 cents, so. Again, I'm pretty sure the joke is their currency is different from my <laughs> currency. Yep. <laughs> that's all it is. Don't think they, uh, I don't think they were thinking too hard on any of this. No, they were just pushing it. Anyway, at that point, we go to a commercial. When you come back from a commercial, the Simpsons are still in in Japan. They have no money this time, though. They're they're broke. Uh, they go to the U.S. Embassy. Not helpful. Uh, they do not help. They kick them out of the embassy after we get a joke about Homer getting stuck in a metal detector. Um, they are the 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 ambassador suggests they go get a job and earn enough money to get their way home. So they do that. They go work for a fishery. Every truckload of fish we got brings us 31 cents closer to those tickets home. And I think I finally found what I was put on this earth to do. Knife goes in, guts come out. Knife goes in, guts come out. Spare my life and I will grant you three will. Ah! Knife goes in, guts come out. Time for the company loyalty song. Knife goes in, the guts will come out. That's what Osaka Seafood Concern is all about. Well, this sucks. What else is on? Thank you. You have fulfilled our dreams and dreams of our ancestors. Tune in tomorrow when another lucky family tries to win their dreams on the Happy Smile Super Challenge Family Wish Show. Show. Hmm. That gives me an idea. I think we all had that idea. I didn't. What is it? Lunch? I mean, lunch was my idea as well. So uh, at least I'm with Homer on that one. I'd like to point out that Bart is superseding Ralph's dream job as a salmon gutter. <laughs> That's true. But is it salmon? Also, uh, I mean, it's possible. Actually, the Japanese aren't big fans of salmon, uh, especially when it comes to sushi, just because it, it tends to spoil and have, uh, I believe, some kind of parasites. Uh, however, yeah, that's like the, the, the salmon that are in Japan. Apparently, uh, river salmon uh, from the western U.S. That doesn't happen. Uh, so it was very tough to get the Japanese to eat salmon sushi. But apparently, it's it's starting to become a thing. Also, I looked up the historical exchange rate for 1999, and uh, one million yen is about eight thousand nine hundred fifteen dollars. Just for anyone who's curious. $8,915. Yep. Look how different their money is. <laughs> um, I'm not from here. I've got my own customs. Look at my like... crazy passport. <laughs> so, hey, speaking of professional wrestling, it's all, see, it, just, it always comes back. It's always there for you. <laughs> always. Always. It's always there. Um, so... The family sees the idea, sees the, the, the chance to go on this game show, and we have George Takei as, as playing uh, Wink, the, the, the host, uh, who speaks English somehow. I would... Sulu himself. Sulu himself. I don't... I, I, I like George Takei. I... We... And basically, the entire third act is them... The rest of the third act is them doing this game show. Uh, we... We learn the difference between American game shows and Japanese game shows and that Japanese game shows, uh, American game shows reward intelligence, Japanese game shows punish ignorance. 
Um, a lot of this is physical comedy. Third act, heavily relying on physical comedy. Not in season 10, never. No, it's not Looney Tunes. What are you talking about? No, never. So uh, they, the family is blindfolded and then beats a pin, uh, what they think is a pinata, but is actually Homer in a pinata costume. Oh, it's just... I, Whacky in his hernia. Yeah, oof, boy. Ugh. It's medically sound. Oh, God. As long as you're using a surgical tube by four. <laughs> I guess that's <laughs> fair. That's I guess that is the most very... important medical tool the Simpsons have ever innovated. I I can't enjoy this. It's just too brutal for me. Yeah, it's just when we're getting beaten up. I mean, uh, the way things are. It's not pleasant. I don't. Yeah, I don't know what. Like, I just don't find it. Like, I can enjoy uh, some some Homer receiving physical violence from time to time, but it's literally just. Like solid five to six minutes of Homer just getting the the hell beaten out of him, just over and over and over again. So he gets attacked by as a pinata, and then it's time for the lightning round, where Homer literally becomes a lightning rod. Mister Simpson will cut you down as soon as you answer one question about Japan. Is the answer Japan? Actually, it is. That means you move on to the lightning round. <laughs> he seems okay, but he is being burned internally. Hey, can that Homer on the Japanese channel? If that's Homer, then who the hell's been putting beers on his tab? Oh! Woohoo! Um, that boy ain't right! Congratulations, Simpsons. The airline tickets are yours. All you have to do is to pick them up from inside that volcano. Why are you so cruel? <laughs> yep, that's what we're going to laugh about. <laughs> Why are you so cruel? Well, I, it turns out. It's funny because people are suffering. <laughs> I, exactly. I, I, I have watched a, my fair share of Japanese game shows. It is not all... It's not all punishment. <laughs> it's not. Isn't it though? Isn't it? It's not really. It's very silly usually, but it's generally not like so brutal. Dear God. So they've gone through the first two rounds. All they have to do is claim the tickets from the top of a volcano. Uh, Lisa is voluntold to go out on the bridge to pick up the, the tickets. The wait, 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 wait. You skipped my favorite joke in the episode. Which is the, uh, at least we're done with the lightning round. Homer gets struck by lightning and says, I see how this works. I sure hope there isn't an ice cream round and then gets struck by lightning again. That is like a classic Simpson swerve layered gag. And I will stand by it despite the fact that it is the icing on the Homer getting punished cake in all of this. That yeah. really is one of the best jokes in the episode. I, I'm not arguing that it's not funny. It just, it, it. It would be funnier if it wasn't ju just surrounded <laughs> by just brutal violence to Homer for no... I mean, Homer isn't as much of a... He's, like, he is much worse in other episodes this season. And yet, and he doesn't get... I guess... I mean, I shouldn't say that because he probably gets the same amount of violence inflicted on him. He does get crushed by a car in the kidney episode. So, I guess it should be fair. 
So they're on, the, they're on the volcano. Lisa's on a rickety bridge. She grabs the tickets. Bridge collapses. The family, one by one, goes out to save the each su- uh, successive family member. They eventually fall. It is all very visual. I did not pull this clip. But then they fall. And I, they die. They fall into lava and they die. And that's the end. That's the end yep. of The Simpsons. And then, uh, next next week, or I should say, uh, this is the end of the season, so obviously they die, and they come back next season in a different universe. They don't die. Uh, it's orange soda. <laughs> Which... With wasabi. With wasabi. Ugh. I don't... Wasabi is... It, yeah, it's not great. Not my favorite. Um, uh, so... I, I like wasabi, but I'm told most American wasabi is actually just... Green uh, horseradish. Like horseradish with food coloring, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's whatever. I don't like either, so uh I don't I don't like that that the that peculiar burning sensation of the horseradish. Um I, I like it but wouldn't want to bathe in it. <laughs> I how I feel about a lot of things. That's fair. That's a fair point. So they fall through a tube into the studio. They're in orange soda with wasabi in it. They're fine. Uh, ultimately, uh, they, Homer gives us a monologue about how Japanese game shows are bad and should be ashamed, and then laughs at a Canadian couple being covered in scorpions. Self-awareness is not Homer's strong suit. (laughs) Classic Homer hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, (laughs) so they, 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 uh, they got their tickets and they make their way out of there on an airplane. However, there is one thing standing between them and their freedom. Goodbye, Japan. I'll miss your Kentucky Fried Chicken and your sparkling whale-free seas. What's going on? Ah, folks, we're experiencing some moderate Godzilla-related turbulence at this time, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you to put your seatbelts back on. When we get to 35,000 feet, he usually does let go. So from there on out, all we have to do is worry about Mothra. And uh, we do have reports he's tied up with uh, Gamera and Rodan at the present time. Thank you very much. Uh, so Godzilla is there? Yeah, um, how, how if, if Godzilla's holding on to you, how do you get 35,000 feet for him to, you know, Go away. Yeah, that's the least believable thing about this scenario. <laughs> uh, what? Why? Why is God so? Be- because I imagine that at some point in the writers' room, somebody got out a notepad and said, "Let's just quickly write down all of the things that we know about Japan, and maybe bullet point number three was Godzilla." So they had to put it in the episode. That's true. It was one of the things all of them knew about, so I had to go in the episode. It doesn't make or break the episode. But, Angie, you're asking for reasons why why Barbara's Australia somehow works and this doesn't as well. That's one thing I would point out, is the fact that a literal monster from a movie shows up at the end and grabs the airplane. Like, it's the, like, one, Godzilla is real, and two, that, that it exists in the Simpsons universe, just like the Loch Ness Monster does. I mean, I would I would kind of dispute that, because uh, when the Simpsons travel from Springfield to Australia, it dips down through the Earth's core and shows a multi-armed god pulling levers in the center of it. And if we can be led to believe that 
know, a, a deity of some kind is at the center of the earth pulling the strings, and that's real in the Simpsons universe. I'm, I'm accepting of a, at least equally accepting of giant dinosaurs hanging onto airplanes as a throwaway gag at the end of the episode. One, Godzilla is not a dinosaur. How dare you? <laughs> Pardon me. I don't don't mean to offend all the other thunder lizards out there. Godzilla is a a, a nuclear a nuclear monster awoken uh to ravage the earth for its assaults against the environment. One. Let's get this straight. And two set the ground rules. Two, when you do a cutaway gag to a weird multi-armed god that's pulling levers in the middle of the earth, is disconnected from the family. You know, it is not attached to them in any way. They are flying in an airplane at the time. It is just a cutaway to, oh, there's, there could be a, there's a god. Sure, there's a god pulling levers. And it is, I would say, obviously not real, but they don't rub it in your face by juxtaposing it so closely to the family. Like, literally, Godzilla is holding their airplane. And... I just but, but that's that's my point. It's not big differences. It's small gradations. It's like do you do it with the family in the frame or not? It's small things like that. It's I don't think you can point to it as as one being dramatically more believable or outsized or you know, breaking the boundaries of the show than the other. I mean, it's kind of why we're doing this podcast. Why we're doing <laughs> why we're doing all of these. Like I could Sure. If it was my druthers, like I could just stop after season nine and go No need for any of this. I know that I don't like the rest of them as much. But it's not necessarily the big things. It is sometimes the small things. And sometimes it is just a simple smell test of like I've watched both these episodes. I've watched Barbara's Australia a million times. I've watched this actually probably more than than any other season 10 episode. I've probably seen this episode more than any other episode of season 10, except maybe Bart the Mother, I would say, probably. And, yeah. uh, you know, rewatching it, I don't think I like it as nearly as much as I used to. I mean, part of that, I think, is the chain, the, the difference in the years. You know, it's longer removed, and those, those jokes feel more dated. I have grown and think transphobic jokes are gross. Um, I, the cruelty is more visible i guess you know i don't think i always notice it as much as i do now the violent like and i mean the cruelty i just i don't mean just homer being a jerk i mean like the entire third act is just homer getting beaten and struck by lightning and getting dropped into wasabi orange soda or whatever it is orange orange aid i believe is actually the word he uses yeah but it is that it is sometimes it is just like oh it is these small differences they add up and on a i i think i don't i don't want to just say oh they're very similar so i can give 30 minutes over tokyo a slide because i watched bart versus bart versus australia and i still think it's great i still think it's funny and wacky and it's the highest it's the highest rank it's not like super high on our list but it is probably the highest rank episode that is definitely the craziest one you know barbara's australia is incredibly wacky um and cartoonish and is the highest rank one we have of that i would i think off the top of my head i haven't looked but i know i know i watch it i know i like it and i don't think it's nostalgia 
maybe like I I I sometimes question that about myself, and I think it's a thing that is going to be coming up in this show more and more as we get further and further removed from the show. Like I was still watching the show on Sunday night at this point. This is 1999. I was still watching the show with my 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 folks at on at every Sunday night, eight o'clock. It was appointment television. So I I don't want to say it's nostalgia for me saying oh I like Bart vs Australia more. I I trust myself when I think Bart vs Australia is better, and I think they're they're similar in their structure, but all those little things make a difference. I I agree wholeheartedly, and I think Bart vs Australia is head and shoulders above 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. But my inclination with newer Simpsons episodes is always to point to things like they break the boundaries of the reality of the show or they take the characters out of their comfort zone or they have Homer act like a jerk or they, they only go to the surface level of this or that. And I feel like you can level those same recriminations against Bart versus Australia. And yet it is great, which says to me, there's something in the execution. There's something much more narrow and specific. And I use this word in the review, ineffable, about what the show is doing in its golden era versus what it's doing here. That's very difficult to put your finger on. It, it makes a difference. I wouldn't question that for a second. But it's much harder to get your hands around. And that's what stands out watching this episode to me is how it is very much the same to Bart versus Australia. And yet there is a world of difference between the two episodes. Also, you can only pull the same trick so many times. And I don't And that's the thing I don't necessarily like. That's only that's that is merely a product of the show going on and continuing. And I think the writers have at various times have gone on record like, yeah, I have to, yeah, I have to try and write a show that has been on for 400 episodes or 500 or 600 episodes. And it's hard to keep that fresh. I'm like, no one's forcing you to do this. That's like the show kept going. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not going to go easy on you because you've done this idea before. If you're going to do the same idea for the fifth time, you have to spin it differently. And maybe that's part of the problem is that this is too similar to Bart versus Australia. It's just Bart versus Homer versus Tokyo. That's, you know, Homer versus Japan. Yeah. With talking, again, I don't poop cameras. You know what? <laughs> no poop cameras in Bart versus Australia. That is true. No. Although there are invading species. They're almost as bad. And there are long stretches involving toilets. There are? I'm fine with that. Clean toilets. I'm okay. Coriolis effect. That's scientific. Andrew. That's science. Uh-huh, Actually, it is not. What? You got... Can't you just give me something? Nope. Sorry, Robbie. Just one time? No, I, I apologize, Robbie. The Coriolis effect works exactly as it does. Thank you. Science is whatever we say it is. Exactly. Thank you. I just need... It's one thing once in a while. That's all I need. I, 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 and I, Lenny's eye is safe and sound <laughs> for the rest of the series. Oh, good. oh no. Oh, good. Uh, I, that's how the episode ends. I didn't say that officially, but yeah, Godzilla carries the plane uh, for a while, I guess, and then they eventually, they eventually get back to Springfield. I assume uh, Godzilla lets go. Sure. Um, I also an interesting fact. I just want to throw this in here is uh, the Simpsons genders Godzilla as a he. Uh, uh, I thought it was canonically female. It is n- that is also wrong. In oh. the original Japanese films, it is always referred to as it. 
Huh. It has only been gendered both male and female in the Jap- in American versions. In both the sub you know, the, the, the dubbed American versions of the Japanese films, plus the American versions of Godzilla, which the Japanese uh company that it owns Godzilla absolutely hate. Especially the nineteen ninety eight one, the ninety nine one, which is the one where she gets pregnant, but generally the the Japanese also movie. stars Hank Azaria, I think. It does. It stars, it stars Hank Azaria, Nancy Cartwright, and Yardley Smith. Wow. It stars all of them, I believe. So maybe it was a reference in this episode. They say it is, but I mean, it's. I think it is more likely the your explanation of name things you know from Japan, <laughs> and Godzilla is one of them. But oh, it's not. It wasn't Yardley Smith. It was Harry Shearer. Sorry, excuse me. It was Nancy, it was Hank Azaria, Nancy Cartwright, and Harry Shearer, which makes sense. I don't remember anyone but Hank Azaria in that, but there's a lot of people that are just running for their lives, so I assume it could, one of those people is Nancy Cartwright, and Harry Shearer. You guys, anything else you want to add? Nope. I think we beat this one to death. <laughs> it's not our fault. Uh, like so many Homer-filled pinatas. Uh, yeah, exactly. Please hit my hit my hernia back in. We don't rank it at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for this for my favorite episode. Uh, if you have a favorite, send it in at SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com. Explaining why it is your favorite. I'll read it when we get there. And also, I as much as I've been, I think I've been probably too critical on this episode. It is not broken. I don't think. Right, Matt? No, yeah, you're correct. Sorry. Didn't know you were waiting on me. Uh, no, this is definitely not broken. It's it's okay. There are some problematic points, as we have discussed very thoroughly. Uh, but for the most part, it is a decent episode. Yeah. I think it's decent is a good word for it. Uh, so not broken. I don't know how long we're going to... I know what our next episode is, and I'm not positive that we're not going to be rolling out that sound, that clip again uh, next time. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments on the news group is where I come through the old alt.tv.simpsons. News group, see what people were talking about. Uh, what the week or two after, after an episode debuted, and also what they thought about the episode, what those people thought back then, fans thought at the time. Um, overall, this is this has gotten I think I I sense largely positive. Like the average was like B, like a B I think, but I think it was largely very positive, and then several people who absolutely despised it. <laughs> Fun. I don't know necessarily. Okay, so I, I pulled some. I pulled a good sampling of reviews, so we, I'll read them. Um, uh, first one. They got the entire gist of the Japanese TV industry to take people and make a laughing stock of them. Most, And this is from, I do want to point this out, this is from a, a Japanese uh, citizen. So this is a person in Japan. They got the entire gist of the Japanese TV industry to make, take people and make a laughing stock of them. Most real Japanese game shows have celebrities as contestants, not regular people, though. The Japanese grammar was good and the signs were written well, but the dialogue was not spoken well. Bart didn't speak colloquially. He spoke in standard Japanese, which disappointed me. Homer walked onto the sumo ring with shoes on, which is something you're not supposed to do. It was hilarious when Homer threw the emperor into the pile of Wamashi. I didn't like the epilepsy bit, though. A. Uh, next one. First of all, I'm, I'm sure someone's going to whine and say that the blackboard gag was representative of the writer's attitudes on this show tired however i thought the comedy was fresh and fun this is one of the best episodes of the season the opening scenes with internet cafe were great also the japan humor was right on target i love the sumo sumo wrestlers yoink one thing that bugged me and it has been with other recent episodes was the cartoony almost family guy type feel it had in places 
The Loch Ness Monster a few weeks ago, then Rich Uncle Moneybags and Godzilla Today just felt out of place. Anyway, I love this episode. Hey. <laughs> One thing that bugged me. I love it. Here are all these things I hate about it, but I love it. <laughs> it was the best. Uh, here we go. This is it got some couple negatives too. Man, that episode sucked. That wasn't even an episode. It was just a bunch of senseless vignettes, none of which were funny. This may miss may well be the worst episode ever, as there was no plot and I didn't laugh once. If I'd never seen an episode of The Simpsons before and then saw this one, I think it was just another cartoon. Last week I said that Homer was always mean for a reason. This episode proves that false. His pointless behavior was just plain stupid. Does the writer think he or she can get away with this? He's a fraud, a total fraud. It was nice meeting you. F. Wow. <laughs> Harsh words. Uh, and finally, with this episode, the last bit of life is sucked out of The Simpsons. The jokes are not clever, but cartoonish and or sitcomish, completely unsimpson like What the hell was with that squeeze the penny into the armpit to cite one example out of a C to choose for? Homer, as he was throughout the season, was not himself. Though he wasn't cruel this time, it's nonetheless like watching a completely different character, an unlikable, way-exaggerated, cheap imitation of Homer with no depth to his character. The Homer from the earlier seasons was likable. We could identify with him. This one is too shallow a character to be likable. The plot and gags were typical of wild cartoon goofiness rather than the puncturing intelligent humor found in seasons one through eight. D minus. I don't know about one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will agree that one thing Bart vs. Australia has is that Homer is kind of oblivious and in the guileless sort of way that he is, but he's the kind of sweeter, well-meaning boob slash oaf in that episode where he's a little more malicious and actively thoughtless in this one. Yeah, and that uh, Homer's characterization is kind of the whole show. It sets the tone. Yeah regardless of who is starring if it's a lisa bart or marge episode it feel it, homer's presence is still very important on how the whole show feels um a note about the computers in the cyber cafe uh looks like they say they they use apple imac computers the java servers machines which is the name of, of the coffee shop are pretty good imac renditions except the color pattern is a little different the real imac case is mostly covered colored where the, the, the machines there were mostly white. Observant viewers will note that Homer netsurfs on two different colored IMAX. Also, the, the machines had oblong mice rather than the IMAX hockey puck mice. Most people thought the hockey puck took some getting used to, so perhaps this was an improvement. I never used Max, so no comment. Um, also, someone notes that uh, on a, a scene that was left out of the show, that was used in the promotional material that was not in the actual episode, um, it included a cutscene Homer trading in his money for yen. In the scene, he trades in for 11,000 yen, asks for an envelope. It costs 12,000. Which. A, solid gag. Yeah. Which also, but I mean, again, they are not. They did, I, they did not look up the value of yen. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't think so. This is my guess. And if they did, they're really wrong. Yeah. Also, and uh, there's a lot of other people talking about a lot of Japanese culture stuff, but I think some most of that now is pretty well. I think relatively well known. You know about Hello Kitty and uh, trying to think of other references. The 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 toilets and uh, Pokemon and Hello, like all those cultural things that I think 
we now are pretty knowledgeable about for various reasons. That's interesting even still. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite bespoke character design, meaning any character's design outside of their normal costume? Uh, tons of great answers. I really, uh, there's a few really popular ones, which doesn't surprise me, honestly, but I appreciate everyone took the time. how questions like this go. <laughs> I appreciate everyone took the time to answer. Uh, first from Abby, I love any winter season design, but the tops has got to be stupid, sexy Flanders. Very sexy, super stupid, sexy Flanders has been very popular. Was a very popular answer. Uh, Colin's answer: Didn't Bart used to wear a blue shirt in an old early '90s promotional material and also in the comics for some nondescript marketing or copyright related reason? I'd like an answer for this. Yes, there are there are shots of Bart wearing a blue shirt in uh, some boot. I I've seen it in bootleg material, but I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure it's also been in off off model material early in the show's history i was gonna say my my understanding was that for a long time when bart was on merchandise he had the blue shirt for some reason just because somebody got it wrong early on and they stuck with it but that in the show he pretty consistently has the reddish shirt it looks wrong well the entire family out of their normal costumes look pretty wrong it's like i mean and it's i mean i don't I think it's generally just because it's the same thing, but it's the different color. It looks, it feels cursed. It feels like I, it shouldn't belong on this earth. Uh, from Mike, I love Burns' old-timey jersey. From uh, Homer at the Bat. Very good. Uh, Chip, my favorite has to be Maggie and her star. It's a classic. Um, from, from Ellen, all of Lisa's looks in the President wore pearls. The Chanel suit is my all-time fave, though. Very important, too. Uh, Holly, my absolute favorite is Lisa's totem pole costume. Uh, Nick, I have to go when the Homer when Homer wore shorts and a striped shirt as they're going to Birds' party. Plus, he worries a lot in that episode, which is totally unlike Homer. Yeah, season one, I didn't know what they're doing, really. Uh, from James, Homer dressed as a prisoner of the village in the computer wore menace shoes. Homer pulled off this classic look of one of my all-time favorite shows. Shout out to the prisoner, great show. We're gonna watch it someday, Matt. We'll make you watch the prisoner. The entire show? I would... No, we we can just watch, like, the seven essential ones. Oh, okay. Y- you'll like it. It's very good. Have you ever watched that, Andrew? Have you ever watched The Prisoner? I have not, but it's on my list. Good. It's very good. Uh, from Dylan. Homer Zilla from The Chaos of Horror a few years back. Uh, Jason, I think Flanders is the devil. It's so ironic, yet he plays it very well. Uh, Laura at Quackity L. Definitely Lisa's cool girl outfit in Summer of Four Foot too. The tie-dye shirt, hippie glasses, and our general doesn't give a crap vibe makes it my favorite bespoke character design. Yeah, I thought about that one a lot. It's very good. Um, David, so many coffees. Has to be Flanders ski suit. Almost like he's wearing nothing at all. Nothing at all. Nothing at oh, all. Dear. <laughs> uh, the professor, yes, I would, Ket. I don't want to look like a weirdo. I'll just go with the Moo Moo. <laughs> I thought about that, too. Uh, Mitch and Mitch Doyle 13. Not really sure why, but I always get a kick out of seeing Homer wearing his half moon reading glasses. They are a nice touch. Make any scene just that a little bit funnier. Uh, CT at CHTHH. Starfish Maggie. Yep. Good answer. Steven, CMK Mark. Two answers. Can't pick one. Stupid Sexy Flanders or Colonel Homer. No wrong choice. 
uh, Matt at Matthew J Arts. Uh, Lisa in Summer Four Four Two is a perfect example of '90s youth culture. I mean, like you know, whatever. Lauren at Elklimby eighty eight. I love Marge with her hair down. I'm such a sucker for teenage Marge in the way we was. Slim's second favorite is Homer with the donut for a head, but I taste so delicious. <laughs> Uh, Zach at Zach Kowalski. Always love classic Winter Simpsons, especially Maggie's star snowsuit. Adorable. Uh, finally, Michael at Mikey PB. Hey, my answer to this week's question is comic book guy as a collector. His outfit is really camp, and so I think it's quite believable alias for his character. Watching a back stretch dude as a pogo stick is really funny design, too, so worth noting. Matt, what's your answer? Uh, I know everyone seems to want to go with stupid sexy Flanders, but I gotta go agree with Devil Flanders. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the the look to uh, you know goat legs and uh, you know horns to Flanders. I, I think it works really well. And, and like they say, uh, it's always the last one you expect. Andrew, what you got? I'm gonna only go slightly differently and say Devil Homer, both in his I Am Evil Homer guys and when he's wearing an old Halloween costume to visit Marge. It's just kind of cute, even the way he, like, rubs the little tail sheepishly when called out on it. It's a good design. Yeah, I pondered. I pondered uh, both uh, King Size Homer and uh, with the Moo Moo and Lisa from Summer 442. Um, I also thought about uh, Bart when he's auditioning for uh, Fall Out Boy with the, 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 oh, yeah, the, the look, the look, the tall look. With the spiked, super spiked hair and the the platform shoes and the striped sh- suit, I thought about that. But ultimately, I have to say, Sideshow Bob in the Admiral suit, the 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 uniform uh, from Cape Fear, HMS Pinafore, HMS Pinafore uniform from Cape Fear. It's just again, it highlights everything. I think I say this so every time I talk about the Cape Fear, but it highlights like the both the absurdity of that of that situation plus the menace that he is able to communicate. Like he draw like it's he's he's kind of silly with the uniform on, and then he draws the sword, and you're like, oh no, Bob is a killer, or at least an attempted killer. No Nobel prizes for that. Sadly, sadly. Uh, next week's question: What is your favorite moment from season ten? Little, I don't know. I think this is still a tough. A tough. There question. aren't many to pick from, but try, guys. There's less, <laughs> but deep. I I think there's there's a lot of episodes, and even some of the bad ones have good moments in them. So. Or, or less good episodes. You know, I think there's only a handful of truly bad episodes in the season. I think it's just... Uh, it's just been wearing on us. Um, I'll post this question. All our social media, facebook.com slash Pod. You can tweet it at us at Pod and email us at simpsonshowpod at gmail.com. Next up, Matt, it is time for us to end this. Dun-dun-dun. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. And try and stump the other. We have a uh, we have a contest to do every season. We've done since season, what, like, five? Four or five? We've done it for a while now. I've always lost. Um, we are. I'm two points behind. It's the narrowest it's ever been going into the last episode. And we have a wild card here. That's what they call Andrew. That's what they would be. I am the wild card. Andrew's <laughs> Andrew the wild card blue, I believe, is what they they call him. No one has ever called me that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what it's like when doves cry. Oh, <laughs> uh, so uh, 
we I, I we are going to some the loser will be drinking uh lawnmowers uh vodka shots with wheatgrass in them. We're not sure about the extent of that. We'll figure that out afterwards. Um <laughs> it won't be, I it, it won't be worse than cheese. I'll tell you right that right now. You know, that is darn true. It won't be worse than all that cheese. <laughs> we made that clear. Well, you ready for an easy question, Matt? I'm ready. These, all my, all my questions, I thought it would be appropriate, are from When You Dish Upon a Star. Oh, God. Home I of paid the... a little attention to that. <laughs> Home of the lawnmower. I figured it was, it was a pro- apropos. Oh, so your all easy, right. your easy question. Homer starts working. For what two celebrities? Alec Baldwin and Kim Basinger. That is that is correct, Matt. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. I got the easy one. Whew. Mm-hmm. All right, your easy question. Whose statue did Bart cut the head off of? That'd be it. Jebediah Springfield. You are correct, sir. Your medium question, Matthew. What is Mo buying, and who does he see at the grocery store? Oh, um... He sees Kent Brockman, and I want to say he's buying he's buying a paper product. <laughs> I'm going to say toilet paper. Nope. 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 Sorry. Sorry. Paper towels. I'm going to go paper towels. Oh, oh. Which one is it, Matt? Uh, hold on. Let me see. Let me see. <laughs> you got to choose one. I know. I know. We'll go paper towels. I'm sorry. You're incorrect. Oh, what, what was it? It was cotton balls. Cotton balls. <laughs> Dang it. Absorbent cotton balls and it was ken brockman right. but i'm sorry you got that right <laughs> i can't believe it's that... channel six <laughs> I... yeah Oof. okay what's my meaning yeah. question matt all right what religion show do bart and lisa call when trying to convince rabbi kostrovsky to take crusty back in like father like clown i think i think this is immediately what popped in my head i'm gonna go with it gabbing about god oh man now we're in big trouble. So long. We got a long way to go, Matt. Still a long way to go. What's your 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 hard question? You ready? Yep. It is hard. What items does Homer ask a poo for? Okay. Uh, a bottle of wheatgrass juice. How much? Um. What? The 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 size of the the, the bottle. Oh, um, a gallon bottle of wheatgrass juice. Uh. Okay. Let me think. Uh, two pairs of $600 sunglasses, extra wide bumper stickers for a Humvee. Um, are you going to make me do all the mushrooms? I only asked for what Homer asked for, Matt. Oh, God. And the following species of mushrooms, uh, portobello, uh, chanterelle. Oh, man. That's, that's all I got. Oof. Okay, here's the list. He asked for port- portobello, porcini. Chanterelle and shiitake mushrooms. Oh man, Apu has none. How of could them. I forget chanterelle and portachini? Uh, 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 Apu has none of those. Uh, a gallon oh. of wheatgrass juice. You got that right. Uh, a, you got the pair of six hundred sunglasses, six hundred dollars sunglasses, right? But he also asked for a five-pound wad of tofu and some jellied zinc. Uh, jellied zinc. How could I forget jellied how, zinc? How such a fool! Such a fool. Uh, he does not explicitly ask for the extra wide bumper stickers that is only revealed later. Oh, okay. Well, shoot. Shoot. All right. Are you ready for your hard question? I'm ready. What is Dr. Nick's phone number in Homer's triple bypass? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, it's something really dumb. 
Oh, man. Uh, it's something really stupid. It's like the one, I think, if I'm, if it, I might be thinking of the wrong episode, but it's like, it has one letter off or something like that, so it makes it sound, oh, that's what it is, 1-800-DOCTORB. You are so close. What is it? It is 1-600-DOCTORB. Oh, it's really six. What the hell? Six the I guess they couldn't say 1-800. Because I guess, yeah, it's via real phone number. Yeah. It is Doctor, though. I'm proud of myself. I got Doctor. It is Doctor. Right. The extra B is for a bargain. Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wow. So going going into Andrew's questions, we're tied. Oh we, no, uh, we are tied. No pressure. No pressure. No pressure whatsoever. No. Yeah. So Andrew, uh, yeah, go ahead. Shoot. Who who wants to go first? Um, start with Matt. You you want the the bottom of the the batting order? I want to, yeah, exactly. We're going to make this as dramatic as possible. Okay, all right. Matt, your easy question. One uh, you guys should be familiar with. Uh, what is the wager that Homer and Ned Flanders make on their son's golf tournament in Dead Putting Society? <laughs> uh, the father of the boy who does not win has to mow his neighbor's lawn in his wife's Sunday dress. That is correct. And I, you got it right, so I... I don't feel bad, but I should have said at the beginning, the theme for my questions is grass in honor of the wheat grass. Oh, so. brilliant. Brilliant. God. <laughs> Robbie, mm -hmm. your easy question. Yes. In Principal Charming, Bart gets in trouble for doing what to the school's field? Uh, burning it with the chemical, vandalizing the grass. I'll accept it. Yeah, he spells out the his easy name. question. We can give it to him. Yeah. Okay. All right. You don't. You have you guys never watched Jeopardy? You don't give extra information. You give the the amount of information enough to get the answer. Uh huh. That's what we gave it to you because if this was a medium or a hard question, that would have been wrong. <laughs> I mean, if it was a medium or a hard question, I assume you would ask what he spelled out. That's not the question. Fair point. That wasn't the question. True. Well, Matt, your medium question in the old man and the sea student. Grandpa makes what complaint? Oh, um, the uh, grass of today is far sharper than the grass in his day. That is correct. Oh. Sorry, it's kind of vague. Without the theme, I would have been like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That's why that I was like, okay, it's good that you got the first question, because I feel like the theme is important to these. <laughs> Robbie, mm -hmm. your medium question. Mm -hmm. What is Homer's proposed alternative name for crabgrass? Oh God! If he doesn't know what I do, I hate you. Um, I know. Can you tell me what episode it's from? Uh, I believe it's from Dead Putting Society. Okay. He says it's a bad name. Everybody would love it if it had a a better right. name. Right. Like yeah, like... yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. It's been a long time since I watched Dead Putting Society. So close. I can picture it. Picture it. Are you picturing grass? Yeah, I'm trying to I'm <laughs> trying to picture the scene. If they had a name like blank grass. Oh, I know it. This is what my gut's telling me. I gotta go with my gut. Elf grass. Oh, Robbie. You are correct. Uh, nerds. <laughs> we still got a question, Matt. We're still tied. You both still uh, have a question. Matt, your hard question. What is the name of the eco-activist group that Lisa joins 
And what is the name of its leader, whom she befriends in Lisa the Tree Hugger? Okay. Um, it's Dirt First, and the guy's name is Jesse Grass. That is correct. Woo! Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, that was luck. <sighs> All right. Good luck, Robbie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Bottom of the ninth, base yeah. is loaded. <laughs> yeah. I was I played football, Andrew, and I was an offensive lineman. I didn't really get any of these kind of situations in my life. Fourth quarter, fourth down, inches to go to the goal line. <laughs> Just ram your head as hard as you can forward. Good advice in any profession or undertaking. <laughs> yes. Robbie, your hard question. Mm -hmm. Homer references what author and what poetry collection when he goes to visit what he thinks is his mother's grave. <laughs> That's way too easy to be a hard question. Come on. How is that easy? I mean, I am an English major, Andrew. I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. But I, I asked you an English question last time, and I think you got it wrong, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I'm not a perfect man. It's Walt Whitman in Leaves of Grass. That is correct. Walt freaking Whitman, Leaves of Grass, <laughs> my ass. <laughs> oh, oh, man. So... so you both have to mow lawns, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we, I, I don't. I, we, we are, we are tied, and I think, I think, in the spirit of dead putting society, neither we of will us, both have to do shots. Of ne neither of us won, so we both have to do it. My original plan was the margin of victory would be the amount of shots you'd have to drink. Oof. Mm. So if it was like 10, if one of us was 10 points ahead, it'd be 10 shots over however so much time. But we're tied. So me and Matt will talk it over and we'll figure out the a good amount that will feel feel right, I, I feel like. <laughs> we'll, we, we can come to an agreement. Um, we'll, 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 we'll get that done, I think. Also, it feels right to be tied. I mean, I, a tie for me feels like a victory after so long. It's loop. the closest you've ever gotten. It's the closest I've ever gotten to victory. <laughs> uh, Walt Whitman. Walt freaking Whitman. All right. Damn uh, you, Walt Whitman. Damn you, Walt Whitman. Uh, that will be it for trivia for this season. We'll have more next time. We'll start again fresh at season 11 uh, and try and come up with another suitable wager, although it's very difficult. And also... Very difficult. I, I'm still behind on recording mine, so I promise I'll get them done. It's just other things keep coming up. It's not... Recording video on your phone by yourself is not always a great thing. I always had Matt to fall back on when I lived in the same city as him. It was much easier. easier. Yeah, you did. I just need a drone. <laughs> I need a selfie stick or something. Um, that'll be it for trivia. We can move on. Our final segment the segment we end every single episode with it is time for best episode ever best episode ever best episode ever this is part of the show where matt and i rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are still got it where does this one go matt that is a darn good question i'm okay so season 10 episodes are all over the place mostly at the bottom but there are a few sprinkled you know throughout um Let's see. Mom and Pop Art is one thirty-seven. Where do we put Bart the Mother? Fifty-three. 
53. Okay. I definitely don't think it's as good as that. That was a surprisingly good episode. Uh, a diamond in the the very, very rough, if you will. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't think this is good. I don't, as, I don't like it as much as Mom and Pop Art. I'll say that. No, I, I, I would agree. Mom and Pop Art had a lot of soul. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Let's see. Or, or, and they say Lisa's brain is right below it. I still don't think it. I don't think it's better than that. No. I, I think this episode is decent was already used earlier and i think that is appropriate um i would say i'm it's... looking around a lot of yeah i'm with cupid was that season nine or season 10 pretty I'm sure that's season 10 yeah that's season 10 yes that's season 14 episode 14 uh better or worse than that i want to give i'm with cupid the lead on that i yeah, but not by not by a, yeah it's a little i yeah it's where is where are we where are we're up here yeah i i think it's yeah it's in the dos bus territory you think but, it's, but I, i'm gonna go out on a limb and say this is better than dos bus because you know almost anything is that's i don't understand your dos bus hatred mm. you're so <laughs> so angry about dos bus it uh-huh. was a very the ending is such a small part and yet you're so upset about it. I am i'm james, very upset poor about james, james, earl jones. james earl jones james, poor james earl jones talking about Mo saving people. Um, do you think it's better? You think it's better than? You think it's better than DOS Bus? Is it better than Oh Brother Where Art Thou? See, looking at the two of them side by side, I would probably say no. Um, it's good, but it's it's more of just a, a wacky collection of jokes, and I feel like Oh Brother Where Art Thou has a lot of pathos uh, in addition to some really great jokes. I mean, the Homer as a vehicle is one of the greatest jokes of all time. Don't tell me you wouldn't buy a Homer if you had the opportunity, Matt. It was free or very, very cheap. Look at that car, Matt. How could it cost money? <laughs> Good point. This monstrosity cost ninety thousand dollars. <laughs> I'm ruined. Um, yeah, I that's fine. I can I can I can count to that. Uh put it right below a brother art thou right above Das Bus. It's thirty minutes over Tokyo. How do you feel about that, Andrew? A little higher than I would probably put it, but you know the thing about this episode is it's it's funny. It's just a bunch of jokes. There's not a lot to it beyond that, but the jokes are pretty good. It's it's an enjoyable ride. You walk away not feeling like this was the best Simpsons episode in the world, but feeling you know it was a perfectly enjoyable way to spend 22 minutes. Which there are worse things to be as a television show. I mean, it's 50 from the bottom. It's not like it's so high on the list. <laughs> well, fifty from the bottom on the Simpsons is still pretty damn good, at least True. this far in the run. I mean, it is right next to Brother We're Out That, which is pretty good. It's a pretty good episode. Uh, I yeah, I I don't. Know. I think there's a lot of season two, season one, season two episodes down there with season ten and season nine episodes. That's where that's kind of how the bottom of the list is. It's basically seasons one and two mixed in with seasons nine and ten. Um, yeah. And the very bottom of the list is definitely reserved for season 10 episodes. Um, I don't think uh, I don't think that it's going to be loaned down there for super long because you know what uh, our next episode is about the first episode of season 11. No. Oh, I I very, very sadly do. Uh, it is beyond Blunderdome with guest star Mel Gibson <laughs> as himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, when you dish upon a star, you're going to get company real soon. Uh, maybe it'll be great. 
Maybe... I've seen this episode recently. It will not be great. You, why did you watch it recently? I had all the Simpsons episodes on random, and it just popped up. It's got a shifty-eyed dog. <laughs> it does have that. That's true. I mean, a shifty-eyed dog cannot save an episode, Andrew, right? Unfortunately. Not with that attitude. <laughs> that talking coyote was just that talking dog. Hi, Homer. Find your soulmate. It's pretty good. That's rough, pretty rough. Good. That's pretty good. Damn right. Damn right. So, uh, uh, 30 Minutes Over Tokyo goes at 167 on our list. Right below, Oh Brother, Arthur, right above, Das Bus. Number one is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is Windy Japan Star. See how long you can hold on to that title, because I'm going to say it right now. Season 11 is my least favorite season. Wow. I mean, looking at the episodes, yeah, I can see that. But, uh, you know, I figured at least 12 might have been getting close. Oh, I... It's got worst episode ever in it. I mean, 12 is... I I also don't like twelve. If that's what you're asking me, <laughs> I mean I don't like twelve either. But I have a particular distaste for season eleven. It's it's got behind the laughter in it. It does have that. It also has uh, Beyond Blunderdome, Alone Again, Natural Diddly, uh, Kill the Alligator and Run. It's, it's a got tobacco. It's a mad, it's mad, mad, mad Marge. Take my wife, sleaze. Drift of the Magi, Little Big Mom, Faith Off. Faith Off has its moments. But... Saddle Sore Galactica. <laughs> oh, it's a, man. It's a rough, All right. Rough you know, stop talking about season 11 until we absolutely have to. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, I, season 10's over. Season 10, Simpsons fell off a cliff. It's That's after Bart the Mother. Bart the Mother was what, three episodes in. Andrew was on that episode with us. It was the last great. A last great episode of the original run, I would say, of the original Sent Ten Seasons, of the Golden Years. And then after that, it just fell off of a cliff. Every. And it's not that it, they're all overwhelmingly bad, although there are a handful that are overwhelmingly bad. It just. They just fell into this same. Same formula of zany third acts and jerk homer and disconnected plots and wacky cartoony stuff that doesn't justify itself um i if i have an answer now definitively like when does the show get bad it's after part the mother <laughs> it's when it's right after that it's when you go oh it's not necessarily ever so episode is gonna be abysmal or anything but it is not routinely good like it was for so long. Even season nine, which a lot of people rag on, has some hit and misses, but still it has a higher, a general high level of quality. Season 10 does not. It is a crapshoot if you're going to get an average episode, a below average episode, or something that is barely recognizable as The Simpsons. Yeah, a little too much those la that last category, but yeah, you know. I mean, it has the family, it has Homer in it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. What's what? What do you think about season ten, Andrew? It's definitely where the ship starts to turn, and it turns awfully quickly. It's striking to me, you know. I've, I've been rewatching several of these along with you guys. How much and how quickly it happens, which seems strange because it wasn't like the. The exodus, the turnover in the show, which I kind of attribute uh, the the decline to, 
was sudden. It's not as though everybody left in one fell swoop. And yet the fall is very swift. The show is still good at this point. That's what, what kills me is it's not great, but it's still good for the most part. It's eminently watchable. It is still pretty damn funny in large part. It's just the tone and tenor of the show changes and it's impossible, at least seemed has been impossible for the ensuing two decades for the show to come back from that, at least entirely. Um, there's there's still a lot of good stuff in season 10, I think. There's still a lot of laughs. It just is nowhere near being the greatest television show on in the history of the medium, which granted is a pretty high standard to hold anything to, but it, it had a long way to fall, but it still managed to fall pretty far. Yeah, I think it's it is a victim of its own success, and it has, and that it, it it is still to this day it is still living under that of hey it was the best show of all time it had an unheralded un un unparalleled run of amazing episodes and when it merely becomes reliable and like it becomes more like other television it it's like a shock. It's like a ice bucket on your head. <laughs> it's very surprising when the good ones show up when it's like that, which is sad. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of that's my my little inner hope is that as we keep going, I'm going to find a lot of these. I'm a, we're going to find some diamonds in the rough that I didn't know about that I didn't realize. It's my little. That's my my heart wants that a little bit. Just a little. Just hey, there's good ones. <laughs> we'll find good ones in there. Ones you don't know about. Mm-hmm. Ones you forgot about. They're still there. There's gems. There are. There are. There are. There are gems. I know. I know of some, but I, I'm. I'm hopeful. I find some others that I remember that I, upon rewatch, I like more than I used to, or that I forgot for good. Um, that'll do it for us. Long episode today. Um, before we go, you can find the show at its website, simshow.com. Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to our Patreon. If you want to help support the show, we'd really appreciate it. Helps keep the lights on. Keeps our hosting costs paid. Appreciate that. Everyone who supports us that way. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Robbie Dorman. You can please check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. The Serial Fanaticist. It's about all kinds of nerdy things uh, that I like to talk about. Our most recent episode, by the time this comes out, will be a podcast with Mr. Andrew Bloom about Westworld Season 2. Or at least my robotic equivalent. <laughs> the host the host that has that has andrew's mind in the little ball that they pop in the brain part you're always the host robbie oh i get it now it's a good, <laughs> uh, that's a good joke um andrew where can they find uh your things online where should people check stuff out uh if you're interested in reading my writing you can find links to all of it from all across the web at my website which is the andrewblog.net Three words, theandrewblog.net. Uh, you can also find me as part of Consequence of Sound, expanded TV and film coverage. And you can find me on Twitter at theandrewblog. And Robbie and Matt, thank you as always for, for letting me come on and uh, chat about my favorite show, even when it's not in my favorite stretch. Uh, yeah, no no problem. I mean, it's always pleasant having you. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer. You will not find him. That's true. Uh, the season is over. It's time for my traditional hibernation. So don't try to contact me, but you may get mauled if you uh, go into a random cave uh, until next week. A week long hibernation. Isn't that hibernation generally like a season? Uh, it's, it's for it's however long you want it to be. 
So I hibernate every night, is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.